0: Don't worry about other people's version of success and them like projecting that on you, whether you've achieved it or not. Because I can tell you back then, no one thought that I had achieved success in anything. um, And I kind of felt that way. It doesn't feel different from once you're rich and famous and you wake up feeling bad. Because if you believe that once you're rich and famous or once you have the perfect body, that everything will be sorted out and you'll feel great and happy all the time, then what if... When you get there and you don't feel great that day, you don't have any space in your life for feeling down.
1: Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and I'm here to inspire your true performance from the framework established by Zig Ziglar, one of the top motivators and personal development leaders our world has ever known, who believed we could all be more, do more, and have more how? By improving ourselves, beginning with how we think about ourselves. So today we're going to break down some personal development. Hey, in this show, we are back with Abel James, the fat burning man himself. He was our guest in show 635, where we give a lot of focus our primary focus to energy our energy i mean getting fit and trim and well is great but the main value from that is increased energy and who doesn't want that so do yourself a favor check out that show again 635 in this show however we go through of course the seven spokes of the ziggler wheel of life and audit abel's habits and yes the first 15 minutes were spent on the first spoke alone physical nutrition of course that's his profession Uh, he went through literally his Daily Regime in detail, which you'll gain a lot from. I sure did. He's so casual and gracious with his methodology, and I think it'll give you much comfort about what you can truly do to help yourself increase your energy, which helps everything. One thing of interest from his habits, he and his wife took a year off the internet. I just thought that was interesting, not something you'd expect from a celebrity. who uses the online world as the chief location for their business, but such great tidbits that he gave to us. So uh, get ready to tune in. I think you'll be interested in hearing it all. Uh, you can connect again with Abel at fatburningman.com. That's his website. Or of course, wherever you get your podcast, just type in Fat Burning Man, and you'll find his top ranked show. So we'll start in with Abel right after I share some great resources with you. Okay, friends. Hey, real quick before we get started, I just want to thank you for listening to this show and for sharing it with others. In recent weeks and months, we've consistently been in the top 30 business podcasts in iTunes globally. Uh, That's alongside some huge players. Uh, Speaking of that, Player FM is another podcast uh, site, and it has us listed in the top 12 of all self-improvement podcasts. I keep having people telling me about this. And just honored. Thank you. It's because you keep listening and because you keep sharing the show with others. Is why we continue to grow. So I'm just honored, and inspired, and grateful. All right, here then we walk through the seven spokes of the Ziegler wheel of life with the fat burning man himself, Abel James. Okay. Well, having somebody like you on the show who is, I mean, your, your lifestyle is good habits. You know, it's kind of funny sometimes hitting these books because of course we expect that, but I always hear something new. Uh, the first one, of course, is physical and nutrition. And I mean, that's what your book tells so much, but I'm curious, I know that you're always evolving and there's always yeah. new things. You're probably trying new things you're learning. So what are the right now, if we look at your day, what does it look like from a physical and nutritional health standpoint?
0: I'll just go. By the clock. So when I wake up in the morning, um, we live at 8,000 feet in the Rocky mountains like Mm -hmm. you. Um, and so the, the sun comes right up here. I'm pointing them on the left where I do Qigong in the morning. So I do, it's like Tai Chi or yoga exercises, getting the the blood flowing, the body moving, and also getting your mind working and starting to get rid of all that waste. Right. Uh, so as the sun is coming up, it's hitting, we get a lot of sunny days here in Colorado in the morning, when the sun hits your eyes and your skin, it actually makes it easier to go to sleep at an appropriate time. It it helps give your bodies the right cues to get on the uh, circadian rhythm or the rhythm of, uh, of the daylight hours. Um, So I like quality sleep. It's been a problem in the past that helps. um, And I don't really consider that a workout. That's more of something that I've been doing it for five years now, maybe. And at the beginning, I considered it kind of like an exercise that I made myself do to see if it worked. And I really liked over the course of time. At first, it does nothing. If you do anything, if you work out once, it'll do pretty much nothing. But over the course of um, a few weeks and a few months, I did notice my meditations were getting better. I do a a sitting meditation right after the Qigong in the sunshine. Um, So I noticed over the course of time that that was something that was worth putting in there. I don't always do it in the morning. Sometimes it's later in the day. Sometimes it's before, um, I work out, but, um, I don't go to the gym. Um, I tend to, we, my, my wife and I have been working from anywhere slash working from home, um, for coming up on eight years now. And so I, I rarely go to work out anywhere. That's not, um, in the house or, or, you know, outdoor adventures around the house. So in the morning, I like to do um, a bit of reading, usually something that's that's spiritually based or personal development in some way. Uh, I read the, the I Ching or the I Ching every morning, have been for, for many years now. Um, just like basically all the reading is, is a couple of paragraphs and then another couple of paragraphs, but uh, it can set you um, – it can it can start your day in the right way when you read ancient wisdom. I think so. That's yeah. that's important. Did you want to poke in for any of those?
1: No, this I don't. Like- I I mean I, that that part of it from a spiritual standpoint. We're going to get to that spoke as well too. So we'll dive back in there. Okay, cool. So no, keep going. I want to hear. I mean, this is this is what you do. I want to hear the step by step. Keep going.
0: Yeah. And then I'll get I'll get to work, and it's different every day. And um, sometimes it's <clears throat> it's music based where I'll be learning new things about musical harmony and counterpoint or psychoacoustics, nerdy, geeky stuff, or I'll be often reading books uh, like this past week. Cause I did what five or six interviews yesterday and another three plus three more recordings later today. So it's Jeez. like, I'll be reading all of the books of the people I'm having on the show yeah. or looking into um, the guests, uh, or excuse me, the, the people who will be interviewing me, if I'm going to be a guest, I'll be kind of like doing research and checking all of that stuff out. But you know, I, if you're, do you know, JP Sears, he makes oh, those, oh my gosh, so um, I just, yeah, uh, he was my first interview yesterday. And it's like, so I start off the day with like someone who practices comedy and satire and makes fun of all these spiritual things. And then like, by the end of the day, I'm talking to someone who's actually like a spiritual person and and like expert in, in that sort of thing. And in between, I'm talking to one of my, my friends from college, we were in the same singing group, but he's a rock star rower trained for the Olympics. And now is a, a, you know, a coach for rowing. And so it's just like, that's, that's beautiful. That's what fills up the days is something like that. So I, I batch my recording <clears throat> days, I don't do it every day, it would make me insane. Um, the night before I, I live streamed myself improvising for like 35 minutes in my pajamas, you know, just like totally randomly um, putting out music there for people in, in different ways, whenever, because not because I made myself do a live stream, but because it seemed like a fun thing to play around with and do like I got a new camera that can cut between it's it's in 4k and it does the editing for you live. Wow. Makes it look like three different cameras and also recording in virtual reality at the same Mm -hmm. time and, and learning about how virtual reality works and mostly transferring files and clearing up space on all my computer's hard drives, which are just like out of space right now. So, you know, very, very boring and typical stuff. I pick up a lot of dog poop, especially when we're traveling. I spend about like 15% of my day, day just thinking about like, are her needs taken care of from the, <laughs> from the going outside standpoint. Um, so I'll very, put that,
1: I'll put that in the second, the second spoke of family is picking up dog poop. Uh, that's right. You know, you know right. I do want well, human equivalent. <laughs> yeah. I do want to hit this, you know, on the, just for people to hear, you know, they want to know what do you eat? So go take yeah, us, take so, us through the day of eating
0: you You might have noticed that i didn 't eat yet um, in that day, and that 's pretty typical like yesterday, I did those five or six interviews and I ate at six p m um, and off so i 'll eat like one one point five times a day, and usually i 'll break my my fast or, or i 'll start eating in the afternoon something that is almost always plant based so uh, we'll make a green smoothie, a, uh, a green juice, or we have our own Future Greens product that's like a powdered greens with 20 different foods in it. So um, I'll have a bit of that often bone broth or a soup, like an old school style soup with actual nutrients in it. So kind of like lighter stuff to get you going. A lot of times I'll eat just, you know, snack on um, cucumbers, like green apples, carrots, just fresh things, but not stuffing my face right away and not being famished, just kind of easing into it. Um, In the morning and over the course of the day, I'll have um, coffee or tea. And a lot of times I'll put heavy cream in it. Um, Sometimes I put um, half and half in it. Sometimes I drink it black, doesn't really matter. So I can be like really fasting or, you know, Having a little bit of calories too. And I don't really care and I don't really count it. I just follow whatever feels right. Some days I will eat, you know, at, at noon. Not not so often these days. I used to when I first got into it. It was it was more I'd start eating at noon for the first few years. Now it's more like 3 p.m. I start snacking a little bit and then get into eating. And then we'll have a big um, well, not like ridiculously big, but a, a relatively luxurious meal. Um, one of my favorites that we often these days have several times a week is breakfast for dinner with some, you know, like the the best type, I smoke some of my own meat. So we'll get like pasture raised grass fed, uh, beef or pork or, or lamb or goat or what have you. And I'll smoke it up and it almost, and we'll brine it first. So it almost comes out like bacon. Uh, so good. So we'll have like a little bit of meat, but kind of as a condiment more than as like a big meal part of with a meat um we'll have eggs like eggs we love deviled eggs we'll have quite a few eggs um my wife and I both enjoy them quite a lot use them in baked goods and and treats that we make and that sort of thing and um so if I didn't have a green smoothie or or like a green juice I'll have a salad sometimes I'll have both um but I don't force myself to overeat greens or anything like that but I do make sure that I get the veg on every day Mm mm-hmm so nuts are another thing that I enjoy, but usually in the form of uh, baked goods. so Allison makes delicious cookies all with real food. Um, we don't put a whole we use like a, a small fraction of the amount of um, sugar, usually in the form of either like like dates that are put in the blender or um, or map a little bit of maple sugar or a little bit of honey, mostly for the the flavor, but not the sweetness. Yeah, right. You'd be surprised by how little you need. So I eat a, like I probably ate a half dozen cookies last night. I, I've been eating pumpkin pie almost every day for the past few weeks. Um, because it all it has real food in it. Mm-hmm. it. Like it's made out of pumpkin and eggs. And like, we have a little bit of almond flour and a few other things, but not a whole lot of sugar. So when you look at, at even the treats, they can be filling things. They can have carbs in them. You know, like Allison makes killer sourdough breads um, with ancient grains without gluten, the old school way. And uh, we have soaked oats and things like that. So we're not fearful of carbs. We're not overeating meat. We're not going crazy with anything. And we're not making any food really forbidden. Yeah. We enjoy getting um Himalayan and Indian food that's really spicy, like once a week or so. We've got a great place outside of Evergreen that does Himalayan food. And so it's like we'll eat out sometimes, but not very often. We have a great time getting into the, the craftsmanship, the artistry and, and just the general sensory fun of of making our own food and shopping. Like I really enjoy shopping for food with my wife, uh, we go to fun places, we pick out new things and it's, it's not one of these things that's a chore and you're getting the same stuff over again. If, if you let it be, it can be one of the most magical and magnificent things that a human or an animal could ever experience where you walk into this place that has all of this incredible food and you can grab pretty much anything you want and take it home with you can, you know, assuming that you have some financial resources and and that is so take it for granted. Right. Just all over the place that uh, that when you change your perspective a little bit, you can have a lot of fun with food again.
1: Well, and I know that folks are going to think I, I've spent more time on this spoke than probably any other interview, but I'm just intrigued because this is, I mean, this is, this is, you know, kind of home base for you. So I do have one more question on that because if people see you in the book or see you on the show, you're not this, uh, you know, frail, thin dude, you're, you're, you're a muscled guy. And for most folks, that's not going to compute. Cause we think with that, right. Oh, you need to be, you got to be slamming protein, you know, five I've times a day. Every day. You, yeah, I, I know. So I'm curious to, you know, do you know, I'm sure you don't track it but if you had to guess do you think you even take in per day because there's a myth here that you're dispelling I think in in a big way
0: um I you know honestly I have not measured that since I measured it for like but a manual um (laughs) I did a nutrition manual probably six or seven years ago yeah I haven't measured calories if I had to estimate probably like two thousand it might be a little bit less, but some days it'll be more. That's the thing. It's not every day is the same. It's, it's like some days I will be really hungry if I'm so on Mondays I call them monster lifts. That's what I do. I do monster lifts on Mondays. It's not something that I, you know, go back and forth and waffle about with in my mind. Like, do I work out today or do I not on Mondays I do monster lifts. So I make that clear with myself and on Mondays I want a big dinner most of the time. Yeah. Um, and and I let myself eat more treats than I might otherwise. It's kind of like a refeed, right? And so um usually I do workout fasted and that that kind of surprises people. But that's my one big workout of the week. Um and it's like it probably takes me about 45 minutes. I've got two uh around fifty pound weights, and then I've got a 70 pound kettlebell, and that's all I use for the whole workout, that and my body weight. And uh I just do deadlifts, squats uh, presses and, uh, oftentimes pull-ups and that's basically it. Yeah. Um, but trying to hit all the major compound muscle groups yeah. and use your whole body. And then like, I don't count when we just scramble up the rocks and go right, rock climbing a little bit behind the house, but, but that does count, right? Yeah. That is something that I do every day. Um,
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Obviously you're feeding enough to have muscle on your body and it just is so counterintuitive to what we have always been taught.
0: You know, I thought that all the muscles would fall off as soon as I started not eating breakfast, as as soon as I started fasting. Um, instead I put on, I think it was like almost 10 pounds of lean mass over the course of the next few months and got stronger at the same time. And, and there could be scientific reasons for that, like an increasing growth hormone that happens for some people when they start fasting, if you don't overdo it. Um, but mostly, I noticed that I did not lose muscle. If anything, um, I was gaining, but in the way that I wanted to. It's not like I was, I was getting fat at all. It didn't slow down my metabolism in a noticeable way where like all of a sudden, I can't get away with eating a whole pumpkin yeah. pie or whatever. It's like you can still get away with things if your body is working correctly. And, and a big reason for that often is because people who are overweight have an overtaxed uh, liver to the extent that it might even be a, a fatty liver, essentially. So it's like a clogged liver that makes it so you, that almost anything you eat will be stored as fat. But once you clean that out, which fasting can help with and, and certainly eating clean for a time and not eating processed food and staying away from sugar and that sort of thing and, and getting the, the environmental toxins down in your life. Once you kind of clean all that up, then your body can handle like I think when I was doing a lot of running and marathoning I was I was eating 3,000 thirty five hundred calories a day and um and even during that time I got down to 148 pounds and I'm not a big guy I'm like five nine with shoes on right it's like I'm not enormous but um now like I weighed myself yesterday and I'm like 170 Hmm. but I'm probably around the same body fat um which means I've put on a lot of lean mass, but also I'm much more, I was too skinny when I was running that much. So yeah. That's not my natural state. This is much more of my natural state where it's, it's, here's the thing. You'll lose your muscle if you don't use it, especially if you're fasting, your body's like, well, you're not moving. We'll just burn this then. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't care if it's burning fat or muscle or whatever. It'll go right after your muscle if you're not using it. But if you are, um then it doesn't really change muscle growth. It it might even make it better. It doesn't make your muscles shrink. It's like if your muscles are being used, they will continue to adapt to what they need to do for you to continue that, whatever that is. So like another exercise that I do that I did today, the whole workout is I do pull-ups. I do 15 to 17 of them twice. That's it. And I'm done. That's my whole day's workout. Now, if that's my whole day's workout, then I might have a little bonus workout after that. Like I might do something fun. I might run with a dog. For fun. I'm not counting. I'm not racing. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm playing like a kid yeah. again and letting myself use, use my body for the fun of it.
1: Ah, it's fun. Folks on all that. I know we, we, we covered a lot of ground there, but that's what he goes through in the wild diet, his own uh, story. There stories of, of others and how you can figure out a personalized plan for yourself following this. So I want everybody go do that. Go get the wild diet. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese, to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous. And I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill distillery Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash Kevin. You all know I greatly value and pursue my health and wellness, and I'm always looking for better products and resources. Nutritional supplements are a staple for me and a must is a probiotic to support my gut health and function. A probiotic is something I've taken each and every day for the long-term cumulative benefits in just two little capsules a day taking seeds dso1 symbiotic and avoiding the foods i know my body is sensitive to has taken me from constant digestive problems to almost none i trust seeds clinical trials and breakthrough research that's been published in top scientific journals You can entrust your gut with Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash drive and use code 25 drive to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash drive code 25 drive. All right, well, number two here on this, on, on the spoke is just family. And I know you've got a, a wife and a, and a dog, it sounds like. But family and also just relationships. It goes beyond just the immediate family. So what are the things that you're doing consistently for those key relationships in your life?
0: I, I went through something very intense somewhat recently after, uh, after I was on that ABC TV show and after the podcast took off and after the book took off relationships, once, once you have a high profile can get weird. And I was probably a little too naive and was taken advantage of and, and burnt a few times by people who I thought were my friends who were just trying to, you know, make themselves look better, or like get more influence or whatever it was. And, um, so, so anyway, it bummed me out and made me feel alone for a while and for the first time in my life i felt bad for justin bieber
1: (laughs) but (laughs) that's a funny statement
0: but at the same time i've always been really close with my family my mom and dad are are still together and and some of my best friends in the world they're musicians as well they live in florida um they're involved in in health and very supportive um allison my wife is close to, to her enormous family as well. So that's just a built in kind of support system. And, and we're for the most part with just a couple of exceptions, who mostly just don't talk to anybody. Everyone is cool with each other and supportive of each other. And and that's really important. And I I try not to take that for granted, because not everybody has that right. Um, But so that's always been important. But but I missed all my best friends, like after I graduated from college, one of my best friends, went to vancouver i went to dc another friend went to russia and another of my best friends went to china and we're all just like oh <laughs> i guess we'll never see each other again yeah. right like uh it's, it's harder just to pop by and hang out with it. but at the same time th- those are like we became men together right mm-hmm. and the, the my friends who i went to school with in elementary school will always be my best friends it's just like we don't, we don't get to see each other so now in adulthood, I'm realizing you have to really work hard and choose your friends and, and really make that effort and tend to it um, like a garden, right? Like nurturing yeah. relationships that are important and lifelong. And also just taking a step back and, and, and being like, regardless of who, you know, my, my work friends are or my whoever friends are, you know, the parent friends are and that, that sort of thing. Who do I really appreciate as a soul who do I want to spend my life with you know who's the most important people in the world to me um asking that question just reveals all sorts of little surprises like little did I know that that one of my good friends from high school who I literally have not seen or spoke to since uh, high school graduation in (laughs) in 2002 um lives in boulder we're gonna go for a hike i think like next weekend we just got wow. back in touch and since you know um i i kind of came back online and and we're in, here in colorado there are like a couple other like old college friends who i'm getting back together with and just people who who um life doesn't bring you together with all the people people you love so you have to work on that and and um almost none of this is through social media yeah. i think it's really important to say that like i am yes, I'll, I'll get in touch with people and and maybe get their email and then phone or whatever. But it's like, the point is not to keep in touch with people necessarily through social media. It's so superficial and incomplete and, and manipulated in whatever, in many ways, not always on purpose. Um, but anyway, when, when you really check in with your friends, when you, when you plan trips with them, you have to, I mean, it's hard, but you have to. And, uh, that has been just like the coolest, most fulfilling thing. All of the, the people who I thought like I might not ever see again, I I'm now spending time with. Old professors, yeah. right? Who were long retired from, from college. Um, one of them who <laughs> this is really fun. My my advisor and English and creative writing teacher in high school was only like twenty four or twenty-five when I was a kid, you know, learning from, him, but I was fifteen. He was also my theater director. And now we're friends though. You know, when we get dinner now, we can talk about all of the behind the the scenes things that he couldn't tell me as a kid. So that's just what a fulfilling, fulfilling thing that is. So everyone has that. You just have to make that in your life and try to make it outside of social media.
1: Well, I love the statement of nurturing friendships like a garden. Um, That's a that's a key one there. And you're talking about friends from childhood reminds me. I talked about this recently about a guest. A movie came out not long ago called Tag. I don't know if you saw that movie about a group of friends who every year they come together and play tag uh, and they've (laughs) done it. It's a true story. It's based on a true story. And they actually show at the end of the movie, these old guys who show up across the country from each other once a year. And they always check in and that consistency, even though the year passes and it may be once a year, but is so powerful. So it's great to hear you speak to that. Well, the next spoke is mental. And I know that as we talked about physical, you know, you've got some of your daily habits in the morning that, that speak to the mental and maybe that covered it, but just, yeah, tell us what you're doing on the daily aspect to keep yourself just mentally charged. Well,
0: yeah, I would say I'll go back to the, the Qigong and then the meditation practice, not because you have to do those things, but because when you uh, do something that's meditative, you get out of your own conscious mind a little bit and you start to notice what your repeated thought patterns are. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you start the day, Doing that, or if you do that on a regular basis for a long enough time, then you start to notice that throughout the rest of the day too. And you try to apply the meditative, um, well, literally the meditative brain states. You try to bring that to other aspects of your life or your practice. So hopefully, as I'm speaking right now, my brain is lighting up um, like a Christmas tree in in a similar way that when I was you know improvising on guitar in my pajamas last night it was working right so once you start to notice all of the things that are getting in the way you can get rid of them and start doing a lot more because like improvising what that means is if i'm playing a chord on guitar or piano or or any other instrument it means i don't know what the next chord is because it doesn't exist yet it means that you can't go on autopilot Mm -hmm. it means that you can't check out and just Be like, oh, I just lost five minutes there. Or I'm like, how long have I been on this Facebook feed? It's like, nope. (laughs) You don't know what the next chord is, yet the next second is coming, like right now. What are you going to do? So you have to, like skiing downhill or something. You can't take your eyes off Mm -mm. the ball, the mixed metaphors. (laughs) You You really have to um, focus and learn how to train focus, but not like a stressed out type A focus that most of us are conditioned into freaking out about and being that and like, trust me, I was, I was valedictorian graduated in three years and just like paying off my loans, and moonlighting and doing all this stuff. Like maybe that's okay when you're younger so that you can learn from it later, but don't try to make that your habit of focus. Right. Wow. And, and don't try to make that your habit of success. Cause more often I think it, it comes from being in that more meditative state sounds woo woo, but then, but then going with the the intuitions of what you really want to accomplish that day, instead of saying, I need to do this work and accomplish this thing and forcing yourself to do it. Does that make sense? Like sometimes totally. I really, really want to play piano. Sometimes I do not at all. So yeah. I'll play guitar yeah. or like, if I really am in a bad mood, I'll play the banjo. <laughs> and here's the reason because like I'm a guitar player. So if I play guitar poorly, I'm going to feel really poorly about myself that's that's like a weird conditioning brainwashing thing that that i've done to myself over the years that almost every musician does but if i play the banjo it sounds bad anyway like no one makes real chords on a banjo no one wants to listen to that so you can have as much fun as you want so whatever that corollary is in your own life give yourself permission to do that and get out of your own like identity thing like stop being a guitar player
1: Oh yeah, my thought is that banjo. You can't really be sad with a banjo playing. I mean, it's just not a depressed yeah. uh, instrument at all. You can
0: be annoyed, but you can't be. Sad. I, yeah, that,
1: that's that's true. That's actually that's totally true. Uh, before we leave this one, just because the term meditation is coming up, I, I mean, I feel like in the span of time that I've been doing interviews, it, it didn't used to, and now it's almost every time. So, real quick, as people hear that again, I think they hear that, but a lot of people don't know where to turn. Do you have any specific? resource that you think would be good for somebody who's not, who's hearing this, but they haven't really ever, you know, they haven't, uh, dove into meditation, anything that you would offer, even if it's a couple of different things.
0: Yeah. Don't make it overly serious. Okay. You don't have to say any mantra. You don't have to do anything. That's the, that's the glory of all of this. The whole point is that you, you kind of do nothing. And one thing that does help me get out of my own head is doing a simple, um, usually a hum. And it doesn't have to be the cartoonish like, oh, it can right, be right. just um, it's almost actually that is one thing that I started doing a few months ago as a vocal warm up, too, because like I have to speak all day. And if I'm not warmed up, it'll it'll wreck my voice, whether I'm singing or speaking. Yeah. And so it actually starts to like wake your whole body up. And, and when you start resonating using your as a singer, I can I can definitely um, speak anecdotally to the healing properties of using your voice and resonating and kind of freeing everything up. It's a, it's a healing tool. That's one of the reasons that it's used in almost every, uh, spiritual institution and has been for as long as humans have been around. So, um, so I think just, just giving yourself, You can pay attention to your breath just in and out. And and that's quite simple. But a lot of people, it it makes them nuts at first. It made me a little nuts at first. So just as you're exhaling, just do a little. It's like, try not to laugh. You can laugh if you want to, but it doesn't have to be serious. Just. And then after a while, you you start to forget to try to do that. And then you, you get into this other state where you lose yourself for a little bit. And all of a sudden, you're not thinking about taxes and debts and, and, and accomplishments that you need to uh, do that. And, and all sorts of other things. You don't think about identity. You don't think about ego. You just let all that go. And then you notice yourself again. You notice you're thinking about the laundry or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, cool. But then you're there. That's as close as you can get. It's like the people who are meditating, who are all these gurus, they're, it's not like they're sitting there levitating, not having a single thought for four hours like even the people who are the best at this are thinking about the laundry or they have to pee. Mm -hmm. That is where we're at. So don't try to be perfect. Don't try to overcomplicate things. Just uh, one thing that also helps visually is, is breathing in. I think of kind of like green life and breathing out gray, dead, almost exhaust, all the stuff that you no longer want. That's, that's not serving you as a, as a purification. And that's literally what you're doing when you're breathing. Um, so it, it, and this is getting more into the Eastern way of thinking about it, but especially with Qigong, that's what you do. You, you combine the bodily movement with thinking of, you know, circulating chi and energy throughout your body. So there are, it, it's not like it has to stop with doing nothing. You can start doing things in your, medica- in your meditations after a while, and it becomes fun and, and kind of cool, but it doesn't have to be stressful or serious.
1: I'm going to go with your word bobble there. Meditation, medication. That's yeah, a, exactly. somebody needs to do. That's a book there somewhere, but I, I do appreciate, and, and our folks will, will appreciate you talking about it, revealing the repeated thought patterns that go through our yes. head, because that's, a. That's what we're so, you know, getting the negative stuff out, obviously, and putting in the positive. So thanks for, just thanks for taking some time on that. The next spoke here is financial. Just what are the things that you have done in the past, maybe do today, but that have helped you, uh, with your financial health?
0: Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll say one last thing about the spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say, uh, to myself, your work is important. Now get to it. And everything is already accomplished. I tell wow. myself both of those things to kind of start my day off. And that helps. That's been helping. Okay, so financial, get out of debt as quickly as you can is what I would say. Um, and, and the way that you do that, at least for me, was by turning down all of the spending, not by making more money. Um, and, and and hopefully turn down the, the new debt that you might be taking because money is really expensive if you don't have it. Yeah. Once you have a little bit of it and you're not overspending, it's, it's, it becomes much easier to break even, if that makes sense. So I, I, I felt it happen to myself when I paid off my college loans, uh, when I sold my house, and uh, and basically have been debt-free since like 2014, 2015, I think. And um, my parents were were just a year or two after that, and it's like, I saw 10 or 15 years come off their faces like overnight. It was just this, their thinking changed. They started playing more music, um, which they really hadn't been doing as much before. They, they, they stopped having to work so hard um, when they didn't have steady work. Didn't really worry about it anymore. They're just like, Oh, we'll work it out. We'll, we'll not spend as much this month on whatever stupid stuff we were spending money on before. And, uh, all of a sudden you're not paying for the money that you don't have with all that interest. So yeah. it's just a different state of living. And, and, um, honestly, while we have done well with money, I've, I've tried to, uh, basically, and, and we don't have a huge staff or anything like that. It's mostly me and my wife and just a handful of, of contractors, um, who work all over the place and some who we've been working with for years and some who are, you know, brand new or just like coming in and out for random stuff. But we've broken even almost every single year except for one. When I was on the TV show, uh, it was a really good year. We were working really hard, and uh, we thought it appropriate to put some money away. Um, On paper, made more than a million dollars in a month. Now, you don't don't keep the gross. Mm -hmm. So when you hear that number, and you'll hear it all over the place, do not believe that that's the amount of money that winds up in your savings account that is not how it works at all um (laughs) taxes i don't know how many missiles i bought that year but there was very little i could do um except for pay an exorbitant i paid more in taxes that year than i paid for my first house jeez yeah um almost more than i sold my first house for and so that was weird and that was something where it made it like really painful to make a lot of money. Does that make sense? Yeah. We're like, what what we're trained to think about money is not what it really feels like when it happens to you, I guess. <laughs> and um, so anyway, paid paid all that debt and what have you. And, and since then, in the years since then, we've just about broken even, but- We've been able to, since we're running our own business, business expenses kind of change. You get to choose what those are based upon like what you're doing for work. And so we're trying, my my wife, Allison, was actually a professional video game player for years. That's what she did for work. And I learned from her, like, you can do it. What? I'm like wearing a suit, shaking hands, like flying to Canada and DC and stuff. And you're just like partying about Star Wars and making video games. Like I'm in the wrong business. (laughs) But it taught me that you can kind of do like if you want to wear a suit, wear a suit. That's great. But like, I don't want to. So I, I'm having great fun kind of, uh, I just, I guess, forging a new path with my wife and it doesn't, at first it was much harder because (laughs) for, for someone who like, what do I even do? None of my parents' generation knew what I did. They're just like, is he like stealing money? How is this all working for him? You know, it doesn't make any, now it's like, internet influencers or the next big celebrity and whatever. So anyway, you, you might go through that on your journey too, but don't worry about it. Don't worry about other people's version of success and them like projecting that on you, whether you've achieved it or not. Because I can tell you back then when no one thought that I'd achieved success in anything, um, and I kind of felt that way doesn't feel different from once you're rich and famous and you wake up feeling bad because if you believe that once you're rich and famous or once you have the perfect body that everything will be sorted out and you'll feel great and happy all the time then what if when you get there and you don't feel great that day you don't have any space in your life for feeling down and now everyone around you since they think you're rich and famous You know, that's what I mean, feeling bad for Justin Bieber. Mm -hmm. This guy's got Ferraris, millions of dollars. No, he's like 19. You know, I'm going back in time now. But like, he's a 19-year-old who has never had a childhood, right? Like, So there there are more important things than financial. But what you really should be after is financial freedom. And it takes a lot less money to have that than most people think it does. And making more money is not always better. It's really not.
1: Yeah. That's, that's significant. You are a paradigm shifter on most of these topics here. Well, <laughs> spiritual, I know you've spoken on it a couple of times, but that is the next topic. And I, and I didn't get it down. I was listening too intently to write it down, but you had that quote of the thing. You know, one of the things you say in the morning from a yeah. spiritual standpoint, everything is important. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Keep going.
0: Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll say it again. Um, <laughs> your work is important. Now get to it. Uh-huh. And basically nothing matters. Everything is already accomplished. And the challenge is, is, is putting those two things together. And that's what every day is, whether you're, you know, in debt and, and a nobody or whether you're uh, a Brad Pitt or Justin Bieber and loaded and bummed out that day or whatever, you know, it's like, we all have to deal with the same thing. And uh, the more that people can realize that the people behind the, the screens and the microphones and the celebrity Instagram photos and what have you are the same We're all the same, like the famous people I've met are exactly the same. They are more normal than most normal people I've met (laughs) most of the time. You just don't see that on the fancy covers of magazines that are all Photoshopped and on the TV shows that are all chopped up and, you know, presenting people in the best light. So keep that in mind. You're not worse than anybody And, and everyone who is in a place that you'd like to be was probably where you are right now before then. So yeah. keep that in mind we we 're all we're all the same and and that's a spiritual thing to me any yeah. this is a big red flag anything that demonstrates hierarchy to me is not spiritual <laughs> in a way mm-hmm. it's like any time you're saying and, and and obviously, yes, parents raise children, but a child is a soul a, a parent is a soul um it doesn't matter if I make more money than somebody else or less money than, than somebody or like someone has more podcast downloads. Like get, get out of that. Any hierarchical competitive you're this and I'm that type thinking isn't serving the spiritual part of me. So that's, that's not how I, that's a red flag where it's just, you need to take a step back and be like, okay, what's really happening here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Goodness. Okay. A lot in that one. Next spoke the ice career and, you know, with, uh, with all my guests and I'm, I'm sure yours as well, you know, you've got a lot of opportunities, a lot of things happening out there, but what are the things that you do to keep your career, uh, your direction in a healthy place that you can manage well and be on top of?
0: Uh, I'd say I take time off I Took mm-hmm. a year off from the internet. Um, just coming back on a few months ago. Um, we literally did not have ethernet or wifi here for the first eight months in Colorado. And, um, It's not the first time we've done that when I think it was in 2014. Yeah, around 2014, 2015 also took a year off. Wow. And that was, uh, took a year off from the podcast to write the book. Like a lot of people will do all these things at the same time. Like originally my publisher gave me a half million dollar book deal in six weeks to write my book with a photo shoot with my abs in the middle of it. And I had a full calendar of podcasts and a full calendar of traveling and, and speaking. I'm like, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> anyway, worked that out. Had to yeah. put my foot down and be like, no, I'm going to write my book myself and have this be something that's meaningful to people and, and basically really had to fight hard to get what I wanted, which I didn't think I should have to fight for. Yeah. Um, but anyway... That, that career stuff happens over and over again. Um, when I was first doing TV, the original contracts basically said that they wanted a piece of my business and my name and likeness, like in perpetuity. Wow. Like percentages. Wow. Or just like full outright ownership of name and likeness. 360 deals is what they call that. So if you like get a great book deal or get, they're going to put you on TV or something like that, don't sign a contract without looking at it. This is what most people do. They sign that. And that's why when you look at a lot of big celebrities, it's pretty clear that um, someone else is. is
1: Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths, according to the EPA the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air. Sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted at my studio. We have heat being forced through old ducks. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So my book and this podcast are named What Drives You. And what drives us, the great things, is our own values, our known values. When we go astray, it's because we've lost sight of our values. Therapy is key for helping you clarify what matters most to you so you can do more of it. I was late to taking advantage of therapy. It was only for crisis, but now myself and most of the rock stars I have on my show get therapy regularly. For most people, the main hurdle is starting therapy,
0: is basically treating them like a puppet to sell something, yeah. whether it's an idea or a product. So that that was a intense learning experience for me uh, that changed my worldview on, on how all of that worked. Like how many people are doing this for the right reasons? Yeah. I started asking myself um, even more than ever. So when you, especially once you, once you start getting a little traction or a little success, watch out because there are a lot of creeps who come out of the woodwork Um, it's not like I want to tell people to get a lawyer, but like, don't sign anything unless you really know what you're signing. And you really know that it's a partnership and not just outright exploitation, because if you, uh, are on a successful trajectory, you'll get a lot of deals that will be bad for you. So I'd say the best thing I've ever done for my career is, is taking, taking time off, taking a step back to think and assess where do I really want to go uh, do I really have to say yes to all of these things um, and also be really clear with what you will and won't do um, I was offered thirty-five dollars or $40,000 for one day of shooting they were going to fly me over to England um, and, and train some of their staff who was very overweight because it's a, it's a tough industry on how to, you know, improve their lives. But because of the industry that they're in, which was oil and gas, um, I said, no, I just, no, I can't have my smiling face next to your logo. It's not going to happen. I don't believe in that. I don't support what you're doing. I would love to help your employees, but I don't need your $40,000 or whatever. So once you're breaking even and out of debt, you can have that freedom to say no. And so when I say get out of debt, get out of debt with your business too. Don't yeah. take um, a bunch of investors if you don't really need them. Taking investors is a great idea for certain businesses. But like the idea that you have made it once you take investors, nope. Now you're on the hook. Now you're working for yeah. all of them. And and I'm an investor and, and I know some friends who are investors too. And I'm pretty like hands off, but if people want some help, I'm, I'm willing to give advice but a lot of investors they're running you now they're running your life so if you don't have your phone on you good luck working that out and and that means you're on call for like how long until you sell out so like be very intentional about what you're building be very careful with what you say yes to and learn how to say no, it takes some practice,
1: man. It's interesting because uh, of what I hear overall with your career, it was the similar statement you said as the first step in your in dietary habits in essence, which was be present, be present, yeah, be aware. Yeah don't check out. So thank you for that. Hey, the last spoke is just personal and you've hit on a lot of pieces with this, uh, of, of this, the things you do here, but this one is the one we're really looking. I mean, obviously it's all personal, but the things that you do just for fun, just the hobbies, the play, there's no, yeah. this, this is not productive. Uh, you know, not productive as far as producing something obviously it produces, you know, joy. Maybe that's it. We're producing joy. What do you do for that area
0: of your life? being outside using my body is, is, is a blast and that anyone can do that and experience that joy, the joy that a, a squirrel on a telephone wire experiences, yeah. right? Like that's what I think of when I'm scrambling around those rocks and doing those things that like, if they're really thinking about it, I wouldn't be able to do, I'd fall, right? Mm-hmm. Like, But at some point you kind of like get into that flow. So I love getting into that, that flow state. And one way that I do that is, um, I've been a musician, like I said, my whole life. And I, I play and have over 20 instruments <laughs> or 30 instruments. And, um, and, and as I was saying, it's like sometimes I play the banjo because I feel badly about myself and I want to feel better. Hmm. And I always feel better when I play an instrument that I um, I don't think I'm good at unless I'm recording myself and a bunch of other people are watching or you know, unless I'm at a live show or whatever. But Sometimes failing in front of other people is fun too. It's funny. It's silly. It's like hilarious sometimes. And, um, and I did musical comedy for, for a long time, uh, back in college and then a bit after and, and, um, part of the, part of the funniest thing, the best memories come from the mess ups. They come from the embarrassing moments often in front of hundreds or thousands of people. So, um, so I think that's fun. I think it's a combination of challenge and growth and purpose. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, it's, it takes some challenge, yeah. right? It's like you don't just like pop up on the surfboard and hit a gigantic wave and start live streaming all of your deepest fears and, and intimate things to everybody. But, you know, that performing is fun yeah. to me. And, and if I don't do it for long enough, I miss it. Uh, and I've made some mistakes that I've learned from over the years. Performing too much, burning myself out, taking too much time off, and everything in between. You got to experience the, the edges. I think and go too far, so you can find yourself. You can find yourself, hopefully, eventually at the sweet spot again. Ah,
1: perfect place to end right there, man. Thank you for giving us just a behind the scenes. Thanks for your authenticity and your and your heart in this. Uh, it has been a joy, and I leave inspired thanks so much right on thank you so much for having me and thanks for listening well friends i just thoroughly enjoyed that abel's again his laid-back delivery just makes the thought of taking action on on getting better health seem more realistic i always want more energy again you can connect with abel and that's abel a-b-e-l at fatburningman.com or uh, look up Fat Burning Man wherever you get your podcast. You'll find it at the top. And if you got value from the show, let us know in iTunes. Actually, that'd be great. Or you know what? Just share it with somebody you know could benefit from this show, this message. Hey, coming up next in show 638, I wanted to ask you more about your energy. What do you do? We've heard a lot from Abel James in recent weeks about energy. I wanted to hear from the audience and what they have found works for them. So I asked on my Facebook page, what is something you have done or want to do to help increase your overall energy? Examples are areas such as, but not limited to, nutrition, exercise, sleep, stress, hope, inspiration, and anything else. Well, I had Michelle Prince join me to talk through the comments. And it really, gosh, I, what people share, was just a really wide range of things that people do to increase their energy. It helped me expand on my own list, actually. So till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. We have a lot of entrepreneurs in the What Drives You audience, so I've got a podcast for you, The Side Hustle Show with host Nick Loper. Nick showcases how you can make extra money through stories and ideas of regular people who made it happen, and that's what I appreciate about the show. We so often hear about the unicorn ideas, and we don't hear the regular stories of regular people doing fairly regular things, like Shelly, who started a travel blog in 2020 and now brings in 50000 bucks a month, or Lenny, who started renting out mobility scooters makes 3 grand a month. You'll hear stories of people reviewing Amazon products, washing windows, and you'll find inspiration from something that can work for you while you keep your day job. Check out The Side Hustle Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app or at side sidehustlenation.com. You can actually answer a few short multiple choice questions at hustle.show and get a personalized playlist of the episodes that'll be most relevant to you. The Side Hustle Show.